Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So first, if you want to support the show, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can go to the link in my bio on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast, and you can subscribe to my premium content called Craving More. Uh, That gets you two extra episodes per month. I also have a VIP level that's going to get you all kinds of extra juicy stories and personal, you know, details that I don't normally share on the other uh, shows. So that's one way that you can support the show is go on there and subscribe to Craving More. The other thing that you can do is just leave a rating or a review for this podcast. So wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple or any other place, Spotify, just go leave some stars, leave a review. It literally means the world to us podcasters. So those are two ways you can support the show. Um, You can also go check out my website, thedietobsessed.com. But I have a very special episode for you today. Now, I don't typically do interviews because I just, I don't know, I like to do podcasts on my own time. I just really like to talk to myself and talk to you. And I don't really, I don't know, I just, I I don't usually like to get dressed up for for the episodes. Uh, But today was worth it. I got contacted by this media company who said, oh, you're going to want to interview this person. And they they put his all of his details into this email. And when I looked him up, I was like, ooh, I know what this is. So Dr. Joseph Antoon created this product, or him and his company created this product called Prolon. And I know about it because a couple uh, wellness influencers that I follow on Instagram have done it many times. And like Liz Cully has done it from the Taylor Strecker show and healthy with Chelsea from Instagram that I used to work with at Equinox has done it multiple times. And, you know, it's, you know, I know, I know Chelsea is probably one of the most regimented healthy eaters that I've ever met in my life. And I know that, you know, by day four, she's often, um, you know, she's struggling on it. She also works out a lot. And I actually forgot to ask the doctor whether he recommends people work out when they're using Prolon. So I'm going to have to do a follow-up question via email for him and report back. Because I would imagine that they don't want you to be burning a ton of calories when you're also limiting your intake of calories, uh, which you'll hear how many calories are part of each day of Prolon when you get into the interview in a few minutes. But um, But the science is there, and that's what I like about this, is he really helped me debunk a lot of the things. I mean, I've been having a lot of different physician reviews on here from other podcasts and this whole idea of the carnivore type of eating or being more animal-based and, you know, all of these kind of confusing things like what's better, animal-based or plant-based or, you know. And I've always found that, you know, a balanced approach between those two has always worked for me. And Dr. Antoon has his own philosophy, but he's a brilliant guy, has a fascinating background. And I mean, he's doing incredible things for the world. And there's just some fascinating things that come out towards the end of the podcast that I was just blown away by. I'm so excited to talk to my mom about it. And I think all of you will get a lot out of this podcast. There's a lot of science. And um, anyway, I hope you enjoy it. So take a listen. I right now am traveling through Europe. So I wanted to get ahead of this podcast, but hopefully I'm eating croissant and lots of consuming lots of delicious wine and homemade pasta with different sauces and bread and charcuterie and cheese and wine tastings and all the good things. So you'll probably be seeing my pictures on Instagram. So go follow me at the Diet Obsessed Podcast rate, review, and subscribe through the link in my bio. And I will be recapping my European trip when I come back. But in the meantime, enjoy this interview with Dr. Joseph Antoon. 
All right, let's get into the episode. So today I have a very special guest, and I know I don't have a lot of interviews on this podcast, but when I was approached by a media company to interview my next guest, I was really thrilled about it because I I was already familiar with one of his products called Prolon. So I'm very excited to get into it. But my guest is Dr. Joseph Antoon, who is an MD who questioned the status quo and decided to leave medicine in order to reform the health system into a preventative one, leading to one of the biggest discoveries in nutrition of the century. Joseph, with his company, invested tens of millions of dollars into this breakthrough discovery, which has undergone clinical trials in 16 top universities around the world, including Stanford, USC, UCLA, uh, the University of Berlin and University of Milan, and has been featured in the number one peer medical journal four times. He, with his company, also holds over 200 patents, including the only patent in the world promoting longevity. And his partner was named by Time Magazine to be one of the top 50 most influential people in healthcare. His mission is to replace pill dependency with a lifestyle medicine based medicine based on healthy nutrition, promoting healthier, happier, and longer lives. Please welcome Chairman and CEO of of Lenutra, Dr. Joseph Antoon. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Antoon. Thank you, Veronica, and sorry for this long introduction. (laughs) No, did did I get everything okay? You are a medical doctor, correct? Correct, you're an MD? Yeah, if I want to put all my cards on the table, I'm MD, PhD, and two masters on top of those. I was I was looking at your very <laughs> impressive background. I was like, wow, this gentleman's done, done a lot of schooling. I've done Harvard, I've done Hopkins, I've done King's College, and I've done St. Joseph University. Yeah. Fascinating. Where did you grow up? I was born in Lebanon and grew up in Lebanon. Um, and then moved to um when I excelled at school there and started medical school, they kind of hand select few top people around the world to come and do some rotations at Harvard and then with the option to stay there. This is what I did. Um, joined um, Harvard in 2003 for my rotations uh, at Mass General Hospital in Boston, for those who know that hospital, one of the top four hospitals in the U.S. And um, and this is where where, where my life changed. I, I um, was very excited to become a cardiologist and was very well set to, to do so. And by doing my rotations, was feeling that I'm just, I want to be politically correct, but I'm like just being taught to diagnose. Can, first, to meet somebody after they're sick, right? We meet people when they're patients. So we're, we're practicing sick care rather than practicing health care. And then we were not able to cure them. Um, you know, medicine cured infectious disease and other acute disease, but 90% of us today are dying from chronic diseases, right? So diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, and cardiovascular diseases, they are killing 90% of us, 90%. So you and I most probably will die out of these four chronic diseases. And medicine treats today each one of them by a polypill or multi-pill. You can take medicine every day of your life. I was writing that prescription and I was writing, say, you know, you take a statin for your cholesterol, you take a blood pressure pill and a blood sugar pill and a blood thinner pill and a blood diuretic pill. And and there was no endpoint on this prescription. It wasn't like for two weeks, it wasn't for six months, it wasn't for three months. We were just subscribing people. It wasn't a prescription, it was a subscription. We were subscribing people to a pill or multiple pills for the rest of their lives. Even worse, we were not helping them to be maintained. They will come back in a year or two or three to just add more medicine. And and for example, diabetes is the biggest tragedy today, right? They start with metformin, then add another pill, then another pill, then add an injection. And then once your pancreas fails, you go to insulin. And it's a progressive disease and we all accepted it and we just teach it as a progressive disease. And it's like getting doomed upon diagnosis. So I was a rebellion. My father was an entrepreneur, always taught me to think different. I used to uh, I used to leave the university premises and treat poor patients on the street, always had that rebellion against the system mentality. And then I decided to go and leave, leave medicine and go to study public health and health policy because I thought I would 
I would advocate for a preventive system. You know, why not meet people before they're sick? And why don't I always use this example of our cars, right? We did much better for our cars. We 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 mandated insurance. Every every car has healthcare has has insurance. We don't have that as humans. And then number two, we have a dashboard, right, for the car. If you if your engine is getting overheated, if your wheels don't have enough, you know, air, like like you know, it prevents. You, you see it, you measure it, and then you stop, you treat it, you prevent it, right? You don't wait like the old days when your engine is burning in the middle of the highway. You just but this is how healthcare is. Like, you know, get a call one day, your father had a heart attack. I mean, that's like the biggest tragedy. This, this is, and our health is the most precious thing we have. We're, we're in 2023 and we still haven't, we, we still haven't created a system that treats us as well as we treat cars, literally a piece of metal. Yeah, no, it's- And so, so, so that was my, that was my rebellion. I said, okay, I'm going to go and become, an advocate for policy reform, and I'm going to learn health policy. I did my degree, my master's at Harvard, at the Kennedy School, a fantastic um, school, and then I did my public health studies at Hopkins, and I did a PhD in health systems and reforms at King's College. And my goal was to reform healthcare systems, which to a certain extent I did in, in consulting with several governments and ministries of health. But then I hit a second wall. The second wall was prevention did not have a market, did not have products, right? So I'll tell you, eat health, eat healthy, exercise, sleep better, stress less. And and it's a commodity now. Everyone knows those things. We can, we can always argue what does it mean to eat healthy, but in general, we can we can we all know we should stop smoking and eat healthy. And and there is no product that can represent that, right? If you're hungry. And I put a burger in front of you. You're opting for that burger versus if you're late night, you're stressed, you were working hard, and it's already 9:30 p.m. You put your Netflix, you're laying in bed. There's a popcorn bag next to you. You get a snack on it. So versus, you know, the inspirational prevention. And this is why public health has never really picked up as much as we expected because people like on the short term when their emotions are taking over, the deep hunger or the deep fatigue. You kind of resort to a product, and the product is being now we've been played by the nutrition industry to for the product to be a delicious popcorn, a delicious chips, a delicious burger, or a pizza, pizza, etc. So I started thinking. I thought the solution would be to bring products that people can consume for prevention, and that became my task. So a lot of um, I, I went back to Harvard, asked my uh, my advisors there what to do. They said join the biotech industry because I didn't know how to discover products. I didn't know how to launch them. I didn't know how to. I didn't have that. I had a lot of business acumen from my family business, but I did not have the product development aspects. So I joined a biotech company, um, and then I um, I this is what I learned the business of healthcare and how to develop new technologies and how to launch them. And then I left and I founded my own first company in Chicago. Uh, at that time, I was the director of health policy University of Chicago. And I founded my company, which was a consulting company that can, that my passion was to look for products, crazy disruptive products that the traditional pharma or health system wouldn't pick up because there's a lot of great but true disruptions that that the current system is afraid to touch on because it's too risky for them. It doesn't make sense for shareholders, et cetera. So I started looking for what are these high promise, high risk, nascent, you know, developments in different labs and universities. And I tried to help them with my expertise. Hmm. And two things happened that changed my life at that time. Um, number one, I was talking to the CEO of the Buck Institute for Research on Aging. It is the biggest aging research institution probably in the world, which is in San Francisco, um, you know, across the bridge in, in Marin County. And um, and he changed my life because he, he told me, you know, everything you learn in medicine probably is, the, the approach to medicine is wrong. You think diabetes is different than cancer and cancer is different than Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's is different than cardiovascular disease. They're all the same. I was like, what do you mean? How come they're all the same? And he's like, they're all the symptoms of aging, right? So even if you have the APOE gene, you're not getting Alzheimer's at age 20. Even if you have family risk of cholesterol, you're not getting a heart attack at age 21. 
Mm-hmm. So they actually is the is the engine, the cells and metabolism when they age, then they lose the cap- capability, the cells of healing and fixing. And this is when if the brain falls down first, that's Alzheimer's, if the heart falls. And we see that because when we cure people from, say, a condition, then they are expressing the other one within the next two, threes. Actually, the studies show that if you eradicate cancer, full 100% eradication of cancer, you only gain three years of life. This is that same process of you age unhealthy, you had, you know, and there's environmental factors and that accelerate aging, environment, food, stress. It's that same process that led you led one cell to be to be damaged and do the mistake of being can, becoming cancerous your brain is pr- prone not to do alzheimer's and your heart is prone to the first heart attack and blood pressure etc so i learned that biological aging is the true unit of measurement of health because all these four diseases are killing 90 percent of us they're all symptoms of aging of course with some genetic predisposition with how can we age? A lot of us are not aging gracefully. We're older from the inside than we're from the outside because of stress, the five factors, right? Stress, sleep, nutrition, exercise, and social capital. We're becoming more, you know, we're, we're out of our nest. We're not close to our families, the social capital, friends, our nest, our safety. This is why the centenarians, when you when you when we interview centenarians, um, you know, now we're, we're big on longevity. It's where the story is going to end up talking about aging and longevity. The centenarians, they're very well, people who live 100 and beyond, they're very well nested in their village and their family and their loved ones, and they, have, they carry a smile. Mm-hmm. And we lost that, right? So today, not only we're, we're aging and expressing these diseases, but we're aging unhealthy and therefore expressing them even earlier in our life um, because we're more obese, we're more stressed and we're, we're not. So that was a big revelation for me. It's like, okay, finally, my quest for public health and prevention came to a conclusion. I got to keep people biologically younger from the inside, right? If you're 55, but you're 45 from the inside, you just gain 10 years of biological healthy age, right? And then, and my first question was, can we, can we, play with the biological age of cells and metabolism that was that's the that's the trillion not a billion dollar question it's a trillion dollar question and then he said well there are multiple labs around the world who are looking at how to reverse the age of a cell there are a lot of promising drugs but they're in early stage and we know today the nmns and nads and other and nmnrs and a lot of drugs in trials and metformin and rapamycin and repologs but there's one safe intervention that is already tested and proven to reverse the bioage of the body, and it was called the fasting mimicking diet. I was like, what the heck is the fasting mimicking diet? He's like, it's a big discovery at USC, University of Southern California, where they have the first longevity institute. USC has invested tens of millions of dollars in the longevity institute, and they were studying what can keep the body a little bit younger. And they discovered that fasting was actually a, a stress that when you impose it on the body, the cells rejuvenate to survive. You know, it's like it's like a company. If a company needs revenues to survive, if the body does not have calories, you know, if you're the CEO of a company, you don't have revenues, you wait, you know, you have some reserves in the bank, you can tap into your checking accounts. This is the glycogen in the body. You can then tap into your savings accounts. After that, this is the fat in the body. And then you can then you can take credit from the bank to survive. This is the liver and the body can dump, can do neoglycogenesis and dump more calories as well. So when the body is like a company when there's no revenues, you tap into your reserves. But then when a few days pass, you're in crisis, you're going to re- restructure the company. You're going to say, okay, I got to cut these budgets. I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and the body does the same. And we call that process autophagy or self eat, self-rejuvenate, and it happens between day two and four in the body. This is critical because it won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2016, and this is why fasting now is the number one diet in the U.S. Six to eight percent of people in the U.S. practice certain kind of fasting. It was that Nobel Prize plus the science coming from USC and our founder, Professor Walter Longo, that showed if you fast for two to four days, you're getting that cellular rejuvenation, now, if that company still has no revenues, the CEO has to take a deeper restructure. You got to let some people go. You got to, you know, 
do drastic changes to the business. Uh, and we saw the buddy doing the same thing after day four and five and six, it goes all the way to day seven. The buddy starts killing old cells saying, hey, you're consuming calories, but you're not producing anything. We call them the senescent cells and start pushing the stem cells to replace those because they're very cost-effective. They're young. They don't carry a lot of mistakes. So it's a way for the body to shed what's old and ineffective and to push what's young and effective. So if you look at this five-day ideal number of days of fasting, the first two days, you're losing a lot of weight. That's the bank account, right? A lot of 73% of us need to lose some weight so people are happy. The next phase, you're rejuvenating yourselves. That's the restructuring. That's autophagy, Nobel Prize in medicine. And then day four and day five, you're starting killing old cells and pushing younger cells. And we know this process actually continues even several days after. So the, the big discovery was if you fast for five days, you're inducing a big metabolic re reset and you're reducing cellular rejuvenation. The problem was people cannot don't fast for five days. No CEO of a company wants his company to go cl close to bankruptcy in, in, in cycles. It's painful, and this is why it works. It's the stress response of the body. So the National Institute of Health stepped in because the results, the, the health benefits of this five days of fasting cycle was so high in mice. Just to give you an idea, the, the mice lived healthier longer, the cancer treatment rates in mice went for cure, full cure rate went from 36% to 93%. Diabetes reversed, so there was drastic positive impact on mice from fasting. The human trials were difficult to do because nobody wanted to water fast. So the National Institute of Health came in and they saw how important and how beneficial fasting is, or this kind of special fast, the five-day. So they invested 10 million, they granted tens of millions of dollars to University of Southern California at the Longevity Institute to develop the fasting mimicking diet. Can you understand, the question was, we're giving you money to understand how the body processes food and try to come up with a precision nutrition formulation that the body can consume, but the cells would not recognize. So you're fasting, we call it a physiological fast, not a physical fast. So you're physiologically still fasting, but you're eating food. And so USC for two decades under the leadership of Professor Walter Longo, you know, Walter Longo, probably many listening to us today have heard about his name. He's, if you ask Chad GPT, he's the number one leader in fasting in the world. He's the number one leader in longevity nutrition in the world. And he's time top 50 most influential people in health. Um, very, very disruptive scientist and, and big human that is putting all the science for humanity to, to live longer. Um, so his labs were leading, were trying to understand how the body recognizes food and they developed a full plant-based healthy, there's no preservative, no chemicals, actually one of the healthiest nutrition you can, you can, you can ingest, all plant-based. A lot of it comes from the from academia and pecans and almonds. These are the most expensive, actually, things you can buy from nature. They have the right healthy fats combination with the plant-based protein and complex carbs. And they studied in, in its 77 ingredients, so it's a long list of ingredients. They put them together and they start studying at which level we can feed the body out of each while the receptors on the cells are not fully convinced that there's food. So... It's like going back to this company example, say that CEO needed a million dollars to operate the company. We come and we give him 500,000. So this is, by the way, it's a nourished fast. It's not like, oh, I'll barely give you 50 grand or I'll barely feed you a lettuce and it to me. No, it's a full nourishment. So I'll give you, instead of the million dollars, I'm going to give you half a million and I'm going to earmark it to HR because you want you to pay your salaries and keep your employees and we'll earmark it to supply so that you can sell next month, you have enough supply. We'll keep the rest dry so that you rejuvenate, you fix sales, you fix marketing, you fix operations, et cetera. This is what the fasting mimicking diet is. It's earmarked to go around the cellular receptors and some of it goes through the cellular receptors of food. We call them nutrient sensing pathways, but it does not trigger them enough to be satisfied. So you're being nourished, and it's 1,100 calories the first day, very high, and then 800 calorie every other day. So it's almost half of what you would eat typically, but it's not the amount of calories that matters, it's actually the combination that matters of the ingredients. How many proteins in which time of the day, which sequence of amino acids, how many carbs, time of the day, how many times, healthy fats, 
minerals, vitamins, and a combination of all of the above is, um, and we called it, they called it Prolon for promoting longevity. Prolon is a five-day box that you get to your house. It's being shipped to you. It has five boxes. Each one carries the food for the day. Yeah, this and, is what I'm familiar with because a lot of the wellness influencers that I follow yes. on Instagram have been doing this. So I'm, I, this is the one I, where I was like, oh, he makes Prolon. I'm like, okay, I want to meet this guy. Yeah, we, I think we, we just crossed the 1 million Prolon use. Um, and, and a lot of influencers, a lot of physicians, actually, we have over 15,000 clinics now registered to recommend Prolon. So it's the only probably diet or nutrition program that doctors are believing in for longevity. Mm -hmm. um, by now, let's tell you the story from like 24 years ago, but by now we have 34 clinical trials, human trials. Typically, you don't hear any nutrition or any food being backed up with any clinical trials. We have 34. They're done at the top universities around the world. So USC, UCLA, Stanford, University of Miami, University of Indiana, Palermo, Milan, 18 universities around the world do the trials. Now Prolon has, or the fasting mimicking diet in general, they has over 200 patents filed globally. 50 mm -hmm. of them issued. It's the only nutrition program that has received, already awarded the first patent on promoting longevity, both in the US and in Europe. So it's, a pretty, it's a pretty now established concept of nutrition technology that can help the body, again, as we talked about, go through five cycles, five days of fasting without fasting, but a physiological fast. And therefore, your metabolism, you're losing weight, you're protecting lean body mass. It's very important. The muscle is protected with prolon because every diet you do, you lose a little bit of muscle. In this case, actually, we've seen protection and a little bit of an increase. And then you're regulating your cells. Is it because there's, a, there's enough protein and amino acids in the products you're selling that keep your muscle tone well i'll 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 share the secret i get always this question today more more so the last few months because everyone is trying wagovi and ozempic and you lose 30 percent of the of the weight loss is actually a muscle loss so that's a drastic a lot of people are, are happy in the first few months because they're losing weight but but then when they stop they pick up back fat super fast because they lost a lot of muscle so the engine of the body that burns carbs is muscle. When you have when you have less muscle, you just cannot burn what you eat, and then you stock it back in fat fast. So a mass a lot, and every diet you do, when you lose calories, the the body eats from fat and eats from muscle, so you lose muscle. And now, Prolon is the only diet tested, and now with two patents on protecting lean body mass. I'll tell you the secret here. So again, remember, Prolon works by stress. It's not just the calorie deficit. It's just it's a stressful. You know, imagine the example of the company that we said. It's not like you need a million dollars, I'll give you 950,000. You'll be like, okay, I'm not going to restructure, right? I'll, I'll, my bank account will drop a little bit. I'll adjust operations. The stress of not having the money seemingly is, is the same distress on the body thinking there's no calories. Increases stress hormones, right? So the natural stress hormones are cortisol. This is why inflammation drops with prolon. A lot of people love that. And, and inflammation is the en engine of aging. Is a big word that we, we, we've quoted called inflammation. It's very well published. You know, a lot of, and this is why now the cardiologists want to measure your HSCRP. It's an inflammation marker which determines high risk of cardiovascular incident. So it's very important when the cortisol is up, you decrease that inflammation. A lot of people with autoimmune disease do fasting for autoimmune disease and for inflammation as well, important to drop. But the next in line, uh, stress factor in the body is growth hormone, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever you stress, your growth hormone increase. So in traditional diets, the growth hormone is not increasing. There's no stress. In pure water fast, growth hormone is increasing. It's a big stress, but there's no food to the muscle to 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 pick up and rejuvenate and grow. With prolon, it's a nourished fast. So so your growth hormone is high. The muscles getting the signs from the growth hormone and, and IGF say, hey, you got you to gotta grow. Uh, the growth hormone is there. This is what the athletes inject artificially to grow their muscle. And prolon has proteins, like you mentioned, plant-based sources of protein. So the muscle is very happy. There's cellular rejuvenation in the muscle. There's food for the muscle. There is, um, there is uh, a growth hormone secreted by the brain to push the muscle to grow. There's another secret. 
we have we have a lot of people now that are using CGM. They call me or they call the company. Say, oh my 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 sugar is spiking after I eat the soup at night, and and this is what we've done by design. We've studied how much I can increase your little bit your carb my, the carbs, and induce a small spike in insulin at night, because that spike with insulin with the growth hormone spike is what the muscle need to be preserved in, in total and pick up both carbs and protein. So it's it took us $36 million in research to get Prolon out there. Uh, people are not used to hear these numbers. You know, the dietitians, when they see it, they just flip it back. They read the label and like, oh, this is, this is very technology. It's a big technology. And we studied a lot and we tried a lot in mice and humans to figure out the balance between getting all the positives from fasting and not getting the negatives and help you live a healthier, longer life. Yeah, I've definitely heard about all the benefits from fasting. Uh, and one of the first people I heard it from was a physician I used to work with, and he was a huge fan of it. And I, when I tried it, I was a, I was not a nice person to be around. I was starving, yes. and I I was faint. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm someone that really eats. You know, I like to eat consistently throughout the day. But let me ask yes. you, what about that study? And I'm going to butcher it, but I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Remember that study that they did. Where and I think they mainly did it with men, but they cut their calories down to I think it was like I forget how many calories they gave them, but they put them into the starvation mode, and then they found that they like binged and hoarded food. And so, how do you how do you get around that? Like, do you has anyone ever asked you like when you're fasting, your your body feels like it's starving? So isn't there that backlash where oh my god, I'm starving, I need to eat more, and and your yeah. your like, psychological process of needing like you feel like you're not going to get fed, so you need to like eat more and binge. Yeah, and, and these are not our trials. They're they're actually done wrong. They, there's fasting is tricky. We people always you know ask me, hey, I you know of course you were fasting, we were fasting, but we're actually are against fasting. You know, we are with nutrition that gives you the benefits of fasting because fast most people are doing fasting wrong, especially the intermittent fasting. Right, yeah. the big when people say, oh, skip breakfast, do sixteen hour intermittent fasting, you lose weight, you rejuvenate your cells. And all of those were wrong. These were actually the benefits of our five-day fasting mimicking diet because we were the only company and in research investing in fasting. These the scientific journals and the media just call it fasting. I used to call every journalist at CNN and Fox and New York Times when they were covering us. Fasting helps you rejuvenate yourself. Fasting is the longevity. It was all done on food that gives you the benefits of fasting, not on intermittent fasting. And they would refuse to specify that because we're the only company we have patents doing this. They felt they're doing just a promotion for us. And they just wanted to call fasting or intermittent fasting. And this is what created the big craze. There's a lot of articles that show you in science what you're saying is fasting doesn't help you lose the weight and or you know, it helps you push the binge eating and I'll explain all this and I'll help you understand how to do it in the right way. But our trials, they don't show that. We have a nourished fast and, and I always say it's long enough to induce the impact of five days and it's short enough to be completed. So when you come out of prolon, you're not, you know, you feel that hunger on day three, right? So what you, I don't know if what you, what you mentioned was on prolon or not, but day three is the transition day. Day three, remember, is when we set the bank account is done. Now I have to rejuvenate and restructure. Day three is a big transition. They basically, the body is telling the cells, hey, I burned fat super fast. I'm depleting my glycogen, all the reserve. You got to now, stress is higher. You got to rejuvenate. You got to consume the debris, the organelles. You got to detox. You got to all behave at the best shape so that we survive the fast. And this is why fasting is a longevity. It's probably the biggest today known to us scientists, the biggest longevity intervention is fasting because it aligns every cell at its best as a survival response mode. So day three is difficult. Yeah. And this is why it's important to do it with prolon where there's nutrition, et cetera. And there's, you know, our customer service can help you. There's a lot of tricks you can do that day to 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 go through it. Especially if you're doing it the first time. It's like when you go to the gym the first time, you're gonna feel the pain, but then you do it the second time, the third time you become what we call metabolically flexible. You can switch quickly from from carbs and your and burning for during the your, the non-fasting period and when you go on prolon to ketone to ketone burning. So the first time is difficult, then it's not. But let's go back to what you were asking, which is a different topic, intermittent fasting and binge eating. And this is very important because a lot of people are doing it and a lot of people are doing it wrong. Um 
the the it's very important to align fasting with the cycles of day and night and and so it's very important to eat during the day and not skip breakfast right and not eat during the night and i'll tell you why so the, the premise of skipping breakfast is so that you lose weight right because oh I'm, I'm skipping one meal and i lose weight the problem is in the morning the calorie demand comes from essential organs not not just you know side organs meaning the brain you wake up you go the brain is active you go to work you're thinking you're working you're you know you're busy mom busy dad etc number two is the muscles walking and and so the the high calorie need in the morning comes from essential organs you don't want to starve them you don't want to lose a little bit of fat at the sacrifice of essential organs mm -hmm. so you want to feed them in the morning and you want to eat your lunch maybe a small snack because you ate in the morning there's enough calorie in the body and then you eat your dinner early at six or seven or eight p.m max and then allow two three hours of resting and then sleep at night the essential organs are resting you don't need to dump calorie in the body and so front load your intermittent fasting start early the day before you don't need the the overload of calories the calories you eat at night late at night they they are absorbed the body at night has higher insulin higher growth hormone so it's anabolic we call it the body at night is willing to store it's a storage mode i'm not burning i'm sleeping right so i don't need my muscle is resting and rejuvenating my brain is you know a little bit active during the REM period but it's not like the day uh, where you're thinking and working all the time so the body at night goes anabolic and is picking up. Anything you feed in at night is pushing anabolism, is pushing fat storage, and is pushing aging. Because when you spike insulin and, and, and growth hormone, these are aging factors. You're pushing your body to age faster. So the mistake people are doing, they're, they're just continue their social life. So they eat late, they're working, they're snacking, they have late dinners. And then the next day they skip breakfast and they stay all the way because it's easy to be do to to do, right? When you eat late, you wake up, you don't you don't feel the hunger, right? So yeah, I'm not a morning person because you eat late at night. You wake up, there's a little bit of free flux that happened during the night. You don't have that appetite and you're sitting on a heavy stomach and you didn't sleep well because your stomach is digesting and and you had all these you know, nightmares because of that. You, you wake up in the morning, the first thing you want is not food. But I bet you if you eat at six, seven, the first thing you want when you wake up in the morning is food. And that's a healthy sign of healthy aging when you're calling for food in the morning. And so so people typically are eating late at night. They're skipping breakfast. They, they, they're at work and then they go back and they eat at 4 or 5 p.m. What they have done is they starved the essential organs in the morning and they stuffed the body at night which goes into fat storage. And, and they say, oh, the intermittent fasting did not help me lose the weight. Of course. And of course, not going to help you with longevity because it's doing the opposite of what you should be doing. So for intermittent fasting to work, eat front-loaded, eat early at night, and then and then keep, keep, you know, keep your fasting 12, 14 hours and then have your breakfast the second day. And, and you'll align circadian rhythm, biological clock of the organs which was the 2017 Nobel Prize in Medicine was on the biological clock of organs and you're aligning calorie needs and calorie none needs and and feeding and fasting periods with what your body is meant to do interesting yeah I do I personally struggle with not eating at night because I the way I was raised I was raised with a father who had heart attack after heart attack and had very very unhealthy habits luckily I had a mother that had very healthy habits yeah why I started this podcast is because I I do believe that food can be medicine and I do believe that by incorporating some healthy modalities you know and having some balance in your life you can live longer prevent disease all of these things that we're talking about now, did you grow up with a family that was very healthful? Like, did you eat really whole foods and were you brought up with really good habits and good role models for parents that had good healthy habits? I actually do from my my um, my grandparents. We have in the family genes for cancers and for cardiovascular. So one of my, my grandma on the father's side died out of diabetes on the mother's side out of breast cancer. And then, and then also my granddad's they you died out of heart attacks and and the other one aging. So we have those genes, and so my parents were very conscientious, and and you know I was born and grew up early on in Lebanon, and and one of the 
probably healthy Mediterranean, you know, on the coast is a lot of plant-based, a lot of legumes and a lot of grains. And, and it's, it's flexitarian. It's a flexitarian, Mediterranean flexitarian, meaning plant-based with a little bit of fish and sometimes meat, depending on how much meat you put, you can call it, qualify it as flexitarian or Mediterranean. But it's a, it's a pretty, pretty aligns with longevity recommendations that we give. Yeah. And then I always hear people, they say, when, when I go to Europe or to the Middle East, or I eat more than when I, you know, than what I eat in the U.S., but in the U.S., I feel like worse and I gain the weight and, and it's that complex carb, you know, we have a lot of salads and soups first, right? And then comes a stew or something cooked with, with, with more fresh olive oils, evil olive oil rather than fried and, and more complex carb and some proteins coming from fish and or meat, pieces of meat. In the U.S., we're doing a little bit the opposite, like even the salad has a lot of sauce and it's not a it's in 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 no soups or no breaks. So then we go into main dishes with a high concentration of carbs, short carbs, and then which spike insulin big time and, and absorbs then the the, the 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 carbs into fat, and and very high meat, which as we know spikes IGF, mm-hmm. which spikes aging and 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 spikes cancer. This meat is does. another. Sorry. You said meat does that, spikes those things? Yeah, this is, this is what I was about to say. Is one of the biggest things that people should know that has been a big mismarketing and misconception is the role of proteins actually into aging and into cancer. And it's super well established now with multiple trials and multiple meta-analysis and multiple observational analysis. And it's 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 very easy. It's it's um the 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 when you eat carbs insulin increase, right? It tells the body to to absorb the carbs, but then it tells the body to grow, meaning I'm putting I'm putting carbs in my body, I, I can grow. When you eat protein, IGF grows, IGF increase, and IGF is insulin-like growth factor. So it's imagine the name describes it all. It's it's exactly like insulin. It's called insulin-like growth factor. <laughs> so it's exactly you know, I, I tell people we have many people have the diabetes of protein. They we're we're hyperproteinizing ourselves because the the nutrition marketing has pushed towards it and told us you know carbs are are evil. You should just go on protein diets. And suddenly we have more diabetes and cancer and Alzheimer's than ever, right? So so you eat and and the body it's, it makes sense. You eat protein, the body feels okay. I got I got great source of energy, let me grow, let me absorb and grow. That's insulin-like growth factor or carbs, same story. They're actually the same, you know. Now the problem is cells respond to IGF. When you when you, when you you eat proteins in the sequence of amino acids in, in animal source of protein pushes IGF very high. That's why if you want to grow muscle, the, the bodybuilders, right? They love eating the the the, the chicken and, 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 and the meat because it pushes the muscle to grow. The problem is the more you're spiking IGF, it's a growth factor, the more you're aging. And the, this is what it is. is an age, we grow insulin and IGF, they just push us to age. That's why calorie restriction is the best way or fasting are the best way for, for, for healthy longevity. It's just they slow down the body's response to food, the body's aging response to food. But every time you eat, you're pushing these aging factors. The growth factor, because we grow to our ends. It's like a car. The more you accelerate, the more you're getting you're getting towards the end this is how we are we don't grow we don't grow laterally we grow forward in our bio age um, as a reaction to food so so you're pushing the body to age and therefore the body is more prone to age-related disease including cancer because IGF pushes cells to replicate and cancer starts when a cell is replicating it loses inhibition it keeps going keeps going and becomes cancerous and goes all all around the body so this very very high correlation Stronger than, by the way, the correlation between tobacco smoking and cancer, the relationship between protein, high protein ingestion, again, everything in balance is great, including carbs, by the way, we live on carbs. I mean. And so high protein in, high protein intake, especially from animal source, is more correlated to cancer than, than, than smoking is. See, it's interesting because I've been, I've been reviewing, I do podcast reviews on this podcast and I review a lot of physicians that are on other podcasts. And I've been reviewing a multitude of physicians that all have different ideas about this. Most of them are aligned in that plant-based is a healthful approach. But then I reviewed this 
kind of carnivore based MD who was very meat forward. And I was very confused. I'm like, should I eat? And I've been trying to get more animal meat in recently because of him. I, I like tried to get 130 grams of animal protein in the other day. And I felt I'd not feel good. I know for me eating everything in moderation feels the best, but being plant forward, the best for me. So, so the problem in, in nutrition is so essential to life, yet is one of the least things that is regulated. And therefore, anyone says anything. One doctor wants carnivore, one doctor wants. So don't listen to anyone. Just read the There's numbers, especially randomized clinical trials and meta-analysis. And when you observe thousands of people throughout, you know, tens of years, this is what matters at the end of the day, not the opinion. Because anyone can have a personal agenda or interpret things differently. And like you said, and now it's very clear, actually, scientifically, even like you know, there's no debate. I mean, it's crazy to think that you go carnivore and you, if you find one centenarian, so I'll tell you, we apply before we come up with any recommendation at our company. And again, you're talking a company of MD, PhDs more than anywhere. We apply to five things. If five things come together, we say this is almost 100% true. Number one is the result. You know, when we talk to centenarians, people who live 100 and beyond, no one, we, there's no carnivore centenarian. Right. Right? Actually, most of them are pescatarian. Yes. Um, you know, they eat a lot of inflexitarian, actually. So, and, and I can go, you know, I don't know how, how in-depth you want me to go, but it's def- depending on your age, you should eat less or more meat, right? If you're above age 80, eat meat because your cells are not responding to the push of IGF. They're too old to replicate and become cancerous. This is why you don't need, you eat, you, you die out of cancer at age 60 and 70 and 50. You don't, die, uh, you don't die from cancer at age 90, right? Because the cells, when you eat proteins at age 30 and 40 and 50, your cells are 40 years old, you're 40 years old, there's enough accumulation of mistakes, and but they're still young enough to respond to protein and to replicate from a push of, of, of proteins and IGF increase. And one of them, that's again old enough, but responding enough does the mistake while it's replicating becomes cancerous, and that's the age where you go a little bit more pescatarian, touched a little bit on vegan with some supplementation. If you're 80, eat proteins. If you're 16, you still need to grow vertically and physically eat proteins, hybrid. So, um, I don't want to be generalizing. We're super specialists of nutrition. Every life, every cycle, every decade has a different, you know, pre-menopause, post-menopause is different. Um, and so, so I don't want to be generalizing, but, but just to answer in a, without taking two hours of people's time, I'm, I'm a little bit generalizing here in general, let's say the centenaries, they're, they're not carnivores. That's hundred percent. Right. And so that's pillar. Number one, pillar number two is human evolution. We as humans, you know, we didn't, they talk, they talk about the cavemen. We didn't live in caves. We slept sometimes at risk, you know, in caves, but we lived around rivers, you know, you cannot live around the ocean because it's not water that you can drink and there's no trees and vegetables and grass and anything to hunt. We lived around rivers. There was both water that is that we can drink and we can shower. And then there's also grass and greens and trees and fruits and vegetables and anything we can eat. And even animals come to the river to 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 drink. And there are fish and the fish is the only animal that cannot fly or run fast or see you easily. So we were eating a lot of vegetables and fruits and legumes and, and nuts. And then we were hunting fish easier. And then we evolved to learn how to hunt animals. They were too fast for us initially and, and, and all of that. So this is where we were plant-based pescatarians. And then we added a little bit of meat afterwards. Then when we, we, we had machine guns, it was easy. And, and then cattle and then domesticating animals, we started eating meat all the time. That's a deviation from what our organs are used to, to, you know, we lived hundreds of thousands of years on this planet being flexitarian, pescatarian. And the more you deviate, again, I'm, 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 I'm a man of homeostasis. Everything in balance is good and everything disbalanced, even if initially it's a good concept, doesn't become good. Um, including water, just drink water all the time and, and being fasting, only water fast at the end of the day is not going to be good. So, so anything in life should be balanced. Um, so anyhow, and we go back to microbiome and a lot of details. But so the pillar number three is is the science. And, and, and science doesn't show, there's no longevity trial that has shown that if you eat high meat, you know, you, there's actually the opposite, by the way. The opposite exists. Bodybuilders, right? The big Olympics, the, the big Olympic, the big bodybuilders, 
they actually tend to lose several years of life versus the average you know, human. They get sick early. Look at Ronnie Coleman, right? What happened to him and you know, started struggling at age 40. And you see a lot of bodybuilders or wrestlers, if you watch wrestling, once they stop wrestling and they go off, you say, wow, they age so fast. Like they look at their face and you can tell they're much older than their face because they've been injecting all these growth hormones. They're accelerating their aging and they're eating a lot of meat and a lot of proteins. So we know that. I mean, the extreme case is a disease called acromegaly where the brain produces growth hormone naturally at a high level. These become the giants, Andre the Giant and, and all these, and they lose 10 years of their life. Hmm. So that's a, that's a human species that we know exists. The bodybuilders are another proof. People drinking high proteins are another proof. Um, so there's no, I think there's no question today that if you, again, all the time eat high, high proteins, especially from animal source because they spike IGF even further that you're aging. When you age, you increase the risk of cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and uh, cardiovascular disease. Got it. All right. Well, that settles that issue. <laughs> <laughs> so Long answer, but it's necessary. This is life saving, saving yeah. because you know I went to MD PhD, you know, and and I never, I never was never taught that I was going to the gym every day and and carrying my bottle of protein shake and drinking it every day. Yeah. Now we have published Professor Longo. By the way, if anything from today's talk. Uh, please, guys, go and buy the Longevity Diet book by Walter Longo. This is what got him to time top 50 most influential people in health. It's a life-changing book. It will tell you all the scientific truth about what you should eat to live a healthy, long life. Whether you're healthy or if you have a disease, he even tell you what to eat. If you have cancer, if you have diabetes, if you have Alzheimer's. So, okay. you know, anyone listening here knows somebody with one of these conditions. Bring this book, read it. This is the most scientific approach to nutrition as medicine. Okay, great. Yeah, my my boyfriend is a is a cancer survivor. So I'm always like, what do I feed this guy? Like, I want him to eat more plant based. And he says the roughage affects his stomach. But anyway, that's another topic. Uh, do you have a hard stop at 2pm? I'm good. Okay. Um. So do you do prolon? Do you? Yeah, cycle? you do. I, uh, so I, I do three to four times per year. Okay. Uh, I just finished my second cycle of this 2023 years two weeks ago. Okay. And then when you go off of Prolon, what's a typical diet for you? Like, what do you, what, can you walk us through a typical day of what you might eat in a day? Uh, you remember, you mean day six onwards after yeah. I finished the box? Exactly. So uh, the answer is it depends if I'm in, if I have three pathways after Prolon. If I want to continue with my intermittent fasting, I actually um, do the, 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 the 12 hours, meaning the 7 p.m. 7 to 8 p.m. I leave work typically at 7, so I only can eat at 8. Um, and then in the morning, what I do, I do the fast bar or the fasting shake. So you remember we, I said, don't skip breakfast. A lot of people say, but I want to lose weight. How can I do this? We develop the fasting bar or the fasting shake. These are breakfasts you can have, but the body doesn't know you're eating. So you're nourishing your essential organs in the morning. At the same time, you're continuing the, the fat burn. So uh, I actually consume a lot of fast bar and fasting shake. They're, they're also very rich in, in macadamia and, and pecans and, and nuts, which in the morning are great for the brain. Uh, at some periods, if I feel like I need to maintain my performance and a little bit protect my muscle after periods of, say, not going a lot to the gym, this is when I do, we have our own plant-based protein called the L-protein. Um, it's a subcategory of plant-based proteins that 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 we do. And so I do this with my gym. I um, um, and then number three, if if I feel like you know I I'm I'm in a good shape, I don't need none. I'm just caring mostly about longevity. I do pescatarian and flexitarian type of food. I'm fortunate enough that we have invested in a company that delivers a pescatarian diet. It's called Nutrition for Longevity. So I order my food from for longevity they send me my 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 weekly nutrition it's all designed by professor walter longo and they send me my breakfast lunch and dinner it's all it's a centenarian diet it's exactly that pescatarian flexitarian uh, and it's it's very important to look it up nutrition for longevity because medicare and medicaid said this is food is medicine it's so scientific and so clean and healthy they gave us a code for reimbursement and really? now over over 100 insurance in the U.S. are reimbursing for full, no deductible, no copay, um, the food for nutrition from Nutrition for Longevity. 
Are you serious? Yeah, first food is medicine. You said you said you're a believer in food is medicine. I was like, wait until until I tell you the science, and then now we're reimbursed, hundred percent, by Medicare, Medicaid through. So United Health signed us, Humana signed us. Uh, uh, name all the big ones. They all signed us. We're focused mostly on the East Coast, is where the manufacturing is. We're going to the West Coast soon, um, and we have over a hundred health plans that signed us on the East Coast. So, so when I, because I did go to your website, <clears throat> is it lenutra.com? L-Nutra. L is for longevity-Nutra. It's longevity through nutrition, basically. L-Nutra. And when I went on that website, that food that I yes. saw in there was yes. the you're talking about, right? Yes, nutrition for longevity, yes. So, Prolon is our nourished fast. Okay. It reverses your age. After okay. Prolon, we say do either the fast bar, the fasting shake, or if you want to go to proteins, do the L-protein, or if you want to just eat the pescatarian meals every day, do nutrition for longevity. Now, Medicare and Medicaid declared nutrition for longevity as a medically tailored meals. And if you are a Medicare or Medicaid patient and you have any of the 32 health conditions, diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, autoimmune, then you can take our food for free because the government would pay for it. So you have to have a condition. Yes, as a medically tailored meal, yeah. Okay, because I was going to tell my mom about it, but my mom's super healthy, so she probably wouldn't qualify. Is she a Medicare, though? Is she? uh, uh, Yeah, she's, mm because, oh, wait, no, because Medicare, you only get Medicare if you, I don't know, I don't know the whole Medicare world, but don't you get Medicare? What's her age? She's over 65, she's like 66. Yeah, so, well, 65, 67, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so next next year, okay. <laughs> even they gave us the code for obesity or hypertension. So if she has any of those, uh, she will be eligible. Amazing. I, th- I bet my stepfather would qualify because he's in his 70s and yes. he's psyched because he's always trying to lose weight. So yes, that's a, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, we're they call us now the first uh, NutriTech. It's like the biotech industries like, you know, Pfizer and Lilly and GSK. You think about them, hard science. Yeah. Good science, good you know pills reimbursed. Doctor prescribed. This is who we are now. We're the first Nutritech. El Nutra is the first Nutritech of the world now. So I just have to ask you a couple more questions. Now, what is your thought on drugs like Ozempic? Because I would imagine that people taking Ozempic would have a very easy time doing Prolon and staying on you those those different types of food plans without those cravings to, like I have yeah. Krispy Kreme for example. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, drugs drugs are great for a short period and for a clear reason, right? They're 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 not so good on a longer period because uh, drugs are done and it's by design. It's the FDA would tell you you have to show us a pathway, a receptor, an effect, a primary effect, put a primary objective on the trial, and so drugs are very tailored to induce one thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a lot of side, not sometimes, most of the times where you only do one thing and you focus on one one, and, and you hyper excite or hyper block a receptor or a phenomenon in the body, you do some side effects. So if you tell me, look, my mom is pre-diabetic, high inflammation, she cannot lose weight, she has a very high appetite. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I would say maybe for a short period of time, she should try one of those drugs because... The, the reason to do it on the short term outweigh the side effects and the potential downside. Now, people don't know what are the downsides. They think, okay, nausea and vomiting, this is how, the, this is how they work, basically. They use certain level of nausea, therefore you don't have appetite to eat. There's cancer side effects. I, I'm amazed how many millions of Americans are willing to take the risk. Yeah, it's on the label, right? There's cancer risk side effects with those. Nobody talks about them. Mm. And then there's paralysis in the stomach. That's now we're, we're starting to see. And all those are important side effects, but the biggest side effect that nobody's talking about is the muscle loss. So when when your appetite stops and you're and you're not eating much, you lose a lot of the muscle. The, the body seeing the deficit in calorie goes after fat and muscle. And when you lose muscle, it's a big vicious cycle because it's an organ of longevity. It's an organ that it's the engine of the body for performance, for walking, and for burning carbs. So the problem when you go on them on the long term, you lost a lot of muscle. And then some doctors will tell you, no, I put my patient on a high protein, you know, and they don't know that they're accelerating the aging at the same time. So it's not like it's not like the, the escape is easy. Plus the risk of cancer. Now, risk of cancer from Ozempic, and you're giving them high protein at the same time. So 
and that's a problem. This is a big problem, right? Because there's no eliminate. There's no. They teach us medicine without nutrition, or you go to nutrition school without medicine. That's, and I'm able, blessed to be able to talk to both. Just from my life story, had exposed me to both. Um, but mainly is is you get to stay on them then for a long period because the moment you stop, you pick back fat fast. And this is the number one complaint today of people is like, well, I'm paying 800 to 1,000 every month. Let me take a break. They take a break. They start eating. They gain weight fast. So a lot of doctors are calling and say, I want to do half a dose of Ozempic and Prolon because Prolon protects the muscle. Ozempic helps Prolon because there's no craving. And then it's a win-win. The patient saves half of, or the consumer saves half of the price. So we haven't tested that. I know there's a lot of doctors, a lot of people are doing Prolon and Ozempic. I, I would recommend personally, so we haven't tested, we're, we're people of science. I cannot tell you if that would work or not. It makes sense theoretically. But what I would definitely recommend for people to do is to give Prolon a shot before you go to Ozempic and give nature and natural rejuvenation a shot before you go on injections. Number two, if you want to go on injections and take the risk, detox and rejuvenate your body. Take a pause from the Ozempics and the and the and the Wagovis and do prolong, you know, uh, in between. It will keep your weight loss and maybe maybe actually it does. We do better. Uh, you lose 22 pounds with the fasting mimicking nutrition in six months just by doing five days a month, not every. So 30 days only, five days a month for six months, you lose 22 pounds. With the with the and you and no muscle loss, it's all fat. Um, so when you lose 25 pounds or 20 pounds with Ozempic or Wagovi, remember that the third of those is a muscle loss, which is huge. Yeah. So so take a break, detox your body from the medicine, do the prolon, let the cells rejuvenate, let the muscle kind of also be rejuvenated. This is what I definitely recommend. So do prolon and don't do those if you can treat yourself with a natural way. If you have to do them, some people are doing prolon plus the Wagovis and Ozempic. I don't know if there's any risk there. We haven't tested. But what I would vouch for is from time to time, stop your Ozempic, stop your Wagovi and do prolon in between to kind of re rejuvenate your body. Sure. Uh, one more question. So getting back to this natural approach. So I know a big focus is on anti-inflammation. So what are your thoughts on natural modalities to reduce inflammation besides diet, like CBD, medical cannabis, things like that? Um, honestly, I'm not an expert in that field. I, I definitely see some trials and some doctors talking about that. And, and I think also calming the body by itself, even yoga, even sleep, even less stress, right? Even um, would help the body and the hyper, because this the stress pushes inflammation and inflammation in the body as well. So I'm very good at telling you what I'm an expert on and, and I'm not an expert on CBD impact on inflammation. So um, I have heard about it, but I've never read the literature in, in detail to give you a final final opinion. Okay, that's very fair. Well, I'm going to try Prolon at some point and I will be doing a full review on my podcast. The thing that I'm worried about is my cravings because I do have really strong cravings. So start with, the, that's okay. Start with a fast bar, the fasting. So replace one meal, replace your breakfast with a fast bar or the fasting shake. Then we have a product called Reset. It's just a one day fasting. It's like one day of Prolon instead of doing five. A lot of people do that. They replace a meal, they replace a day. And then their body knows like, it's like, okay, I'll replace three days or five days. And then you can do the Prolon. Okay. I like that idea better. One day I can do. <laughs> yeah. Great. And, and uh, Dr. Antoon has been kind enough to give our audience a, a coupon for 20% off. So that's diet 20 in case anybody wants to go check out his website, l-nutra.com. And I'm going to try the meal plan too, because I've been ordering HelloFresh. So I'm probably going to try your meals. Yeah. That's all about for sure. If you want, if people want to buy the fast bar or reset or prolon, there's a direct website. Alutra is the company name, but the product's name is prolonlife.com. Prolonlife.com. Pro, prolon is promoting health and longevity. So prolon life is like yeah, prolonlife.com. And you can use the code die20 and you're going to get 20% off any product you, you buy on that website. I definitely recommend you die, you do the five day. That's the only rejuvenative plan you can have. And if you're like Veronica addicted to Krispy Kreme, then start <laughs> then start with one meal replacement with a fast bar or fasting shake or do the one day reset and then upgrade to Prolon. 
Now, do you <laughs> indulge in anything? Like all of us have a little indulgence. Yeah. What do you indulge in? I do. I do. And, and I actually, that's a secret. So I, I love, I love chocolate and I used to snack on baked chips. Now we have developed our own longevity chocolate. It's called the L spread. Okay. That's, that's something important. And it's sitting here on my desk, the longevity spread. So 74% of the longevity spread that we have is, um, is almonds from the Apulian mountains of Italy. Apulia has has uh, great almonds that are linked to longevity, and you know the south south of Italy is a longevity zone. Yeah. And they're rich in plant based protein. They have high good healthy fat, and they have great complex carbs. So we developed the opposite of any chocolate. Any chocolate now you consume has a lot of chocolate butter, and cocoa and sugar, and then a little bit of almonds because they're most expensive or hazelnut. Ours is the opposite. Seventy four percent of the entire spread is almonds and the rest is a little bit of, of cocoa and super little little sugar so very healthy chocolate i know that's my addiction now it's a longevity addiction so i'm very happy with it the other one we're actually about to launch uh, okinawa chips and they're baked and they're coming from the okinawa old purple yes you know. <laughs> oh my god i was just talking about those potatoes because i was watching that netflix documentary on the centurion yeah zones yeah I need to find these potatoes. Yes. So um, yeah, we're 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 trying to replace if you remember this is going back to my story, this is what I I I ended up concluding is we gotta compete with the unhealthy foods yeah. and with healthy food. What I didn't know, I thought healthy means not tasty food. Oh, you're gonna push salads and what I what I was what I discovered doing this journey and what I'm doing today is health is healthy could be tasty and this is what people don't know. Um, you know, instead of having f- fried oil, you can have macadamia oil, which is super healthy and feeds the brain and feeds the good fat, and it tastes even better, right? Instead mm-hmm. of having butter, peanut butter and stuff, you can have cocoa and 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 the almond milk rather than the, the the butter itself. And so there's a lot of replacement that would keep the indulgence, but on the healthy pearl, imagine indulging yourself and feeling great that you're eating a healthy long food. And you can find all those on the Pearl on Life um, you know, website. Great. Anything else you want to share with our audience or any place they can find you? I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I want to thank you today because it's people like you who who amplify our voice. Like you said, there's a lot of pollution in when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle. Everyone has a philosophy and publishes a book and start pushing their own book and their own agenda. I think it's very important for people to listen to science and listen to ethical people. The 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 godfather of this nutrition for longevity by far is, is Walter Longo. And so read his book, The Longevity Diet for sure. And if you want to consume the product and start today your longevity lifestyle, go to prolonlife.com. Um, just in in last point is Walter Longo, who founded us, is donates all his shares to the Create Cures Foundation. So the biggest shareholder in our company. So this is why I'm pushing in very uh, very good conscious. Not only I know I'm pushing healthy food on you, but I know that we're donating a lot of it back to foundations. So this is a very very honorable cause, um, and I'd be happy if you'd support us. Absolutely. That's great to know that not only can we nourish our bodies, but we can give back to the world. So that's, uh, that's great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate you very much, Veronica. Yeah, it was great to meet you. You have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.